Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Friday, February 9th. It is the Super Bowl podcast you've been waiting for all week. I know we've talked Super Bowl all week. We did the podcast extravaganza with Rufus Peabody on Wednesday. You got to go back and listen to that if you missed it. We'll do best bets at the end of the podcast. I'll chop up some Super Bowl stories. Rob G. and I will discuss the NBA trade deadline where some stuff actually happened that matters. But first, I'll just quickly talk to you about the week that was. in. It was a wild Wednesday and then a wild Thursday, and Cam Newton's involved. So I found out that you know Cowherd was going to have a volume party, which sponsors obviously this podcast and many more, on Wednesday. And he's like, well, we got to go to the party. We'll just fly in after the show on Wednesday, and then we'll fly back at night. I was like, okay, I'm in. And, of course, you know, a lot of media members in in Vegas. I was like, oh, I'll play pickup basketball with you guys. You know, these guys got the gym. They got a game. A lot of fun. Get to the party, have fun, hang out, talk to people, blah, 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 blah. And then while I'm there, I get a note from Cam Newton's people. Hey, Jason, Cam would love to talk to you about, you know, debate quarterbacks, talk new media, old media, all that fun stuff. I was like, I'm in. When? They were like, oh, come to Radio Row. I'm like, I can't, you know, don't have time. Okay, well, we'll record on Thursday. I was like, all right, after the show Thursday, I'll record with you guys. Great. I'm preparing all this stuff. Uh, my favorite, and I'll read directly from the email, and I, I, I'm not ripping the guys, but they're like, uh, so – yeah, we would talk about uh, media stuff. I was like, can you get a little more specific? Like, like what? Uh, well, nothing. We don't have anything specifically prepared. Cam would likely want to debate with you on quarterbacks and speak on the larger conversation of the traditional media slash new athlete-driven media landscape. And I'm like, that is so in my wheelhouse because, you know, Cam doesn't have my background. But I came up through an untraditional media route. I was on the traditional media route. I realized how lame and dumb it was, and I got the hell off, and I got out and created my own lane, and that's why I'm why I'm here today. And, you know, Cam, I'm assuming, is talking about how athletes are driving 
more stories. And I'm like, that's awesome. Great. Wonderful. Love to hear it. Bring it on. Anybody, whether it's journalist, former athlete, former non-athlete, if they're interesting and have takes, fire away. More more content for everybody. Nobody loses. More content for blogs, more content for traditional media, more content for social media. Like nobody loses. Radio, TV, no, everybody wins with more content. Like, I'll gladly have that discussion. The quarterback debate's interesting. Like, you want to specifically drill down on guys? I can get some stats for you. We'll see. So, anyways, we're going to do it right after the show Thursday. So, of course, I'm driving home, and I see a bing on my email. Hey, Jay, we need to push it back to 145. Radio Rose just slammed. There's a lot of people here that we didn't anticipate. Okay, sure, no problem. Great, more time to prep for me. So, of course, as I'm prepping 130, hey, Jason, Unfortunately, we we're slammed tomorrow, and there's just too much action. Can we push it to after Super Bowl? And I was a little disappointed. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Cam Newton, uh, arguably the goat quarterback in Carolina Panthers history. Apologies to Jake Delhomme. Wants me to come on his pod? Sure, I'll do it. Now, was it going to be an ambush? Probably. Was it going to be Cam most likely yelling about how how could you say that? Blah blah blah. You didn't play the. Of course, yeah. I've been, listen, guys. I've done this. I, I love sparring with these guys. A healthy debate is healthy for a good media environment. The, the There was only really one time I felt, n- not nervous, but like a little intimidated or like I was maybe a little out of pocket. Uh, we were, we, this show uh, was Speak for Yourself and Kenyon Martin was on set. And talking to Kenyon Martin before, he's super nice guy. Now he's a large, intimidating dude. Um, and you know, uh, he was friendly to me when we were talking and then we get on set and all of, uh, of course there's like a topic about Carmelo Anthony. And as a Knicks fan, I was all in bring on Carmelo, please. Yes. Oh my gosh. We got to have him. And then he gets there. The team's gutted. Carmelo doesn't raise anyone else's skill level. Then pouts when Jeremy Lin shows up and is like amazing. And I was out on Carmelo and I've been out on him since. And I, you know, forgot that Kenyon Martin, and Carmelo not only were teammates, but really, really good friends. And on the set, you know, I am kind of breaking down Carmelo and just talking about how he's not a winning player. He doesn't make anyone better. He's never really, he's had one playoff run with the Nuggets where he had Chauncey Billups and they went to the conference finals. And then with the Knicks, he never got beyond the second round. He's just not, and I know at Syracuse, he won the title. I get it. But the NBA is the top basketball league in the world. And he never ele- he never made people better. LeBron makes everyone around him better. Magic Johnson makes everyone around him better. What is Mel? What is he? Dominique Wilkins? I don't, I don't know. And I guess the way it came across is Kenyon Martin took offense. And while we were live, he's like, "Listen, I your way that that's just out of pie or whatever." He said he was unhappy, but like with the tone and the way he looked at me, I was like, "Oh, he he's actually upset." And it was like a little jarring, and I stood down, fine, no problem. You guys are boys. I'm not I'm not taking a dump on Carmelo. I just didn't think he was like a a, a winning player. And I would I this there's reams of data to back up Carmelo Anthony, amazing score, the 75 time All Star, top 100 player all time. Uh, honestly, he could get buckets like anybody else. But in the NBA, that doesn't get you the ring. Just being a scoring machine. Are you passing? Are you being a willing defender? And I just, I was kind of out. The whole Jeremy Lin thing really messed me up with Carmelo. He was, he would never admit it, but he was clearly 
jealous that Jeremy Lin took the city by storm. And here he was, some kid who was unheralded, not drafted, didn't have the college chops that Mello had, and everybody loved him. And there's a similar comparison. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson is at uh, Fox now, and he's I was I was a huge Keyshawn fan at USC. I love when the Jets drafted him. And I think Keyshawn ran into some of that with Wayne Krebet, how Wayne Krebet was like the unheralded guy, lo- much lower drafted, and the Jets fans just loved Wayne Krebet so much. And I remember reading a bunch of stories about how, you know, just those two didn't totally um, get along. No, I have not talked to Keyshawn about this, but it just the idea that the superstar, the chosen guy, the high draft pick, the college star, automatically is going to be the man and then gets kind of unseated by an underdog. I'm sure that's not great, but it's it's a storyline. It's legit. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. And hopefully, you know, he and I can have a chance to chop it up. I, I, I was totally prepared for an ambush where... I was going to be hit with all this stuff. You know what? I'm fine with that. I don't care. And it's funny because I explained it when I told someone at the volume party in Vegas that this was happening. They're like, oh, dude, you got to be careful. I was like, do you really think I care? Like, I'm not worried about Cam Newton yelling at me and saying, I can't believe you have that opinion. Because life goes on. And Saturday, uh, my kids got a volleyball tournament. Sunday, I got to coach my son in hoops. And then there's the Super Bowl and gambling and you know, we got a vacation coming up and spring break to plan. And there's just so many things. I can't get bogged down or let Cam Newton getting upset with me bother me. Same thing with this with this Chiefs um, trainer from Mahomes. He's all bent out of shape because of other stuff I said. These guys just are so soft. Anyways, enough about the Super Bowl and Cam Newton. Hopefully it will happen soon. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. The line opened with San Francisco as a short favorite in the rematch from uh, the 2020 Super Bowl. Very excited. If you listen to the pod, you know which way I'm leaning. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. With code STRAIGHTFIRE, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Rob, we got to talk about Justin Jefferson. You guys know how Super Bowl week works. As we talked about earlier, the Cam Newton stuff, there's a billion people floating around getting paid to push product at Radio Row or whatever, the Media Row, whatever they're calling it now. At any rate, Justin Jefferson, who is top three receiver in the league, I mean, at times he looks like number one. Um, You know, he had the injury this year. Um, The problem with Justin Jefferson right now is, A, Kirk Cousins is a free agent coming off an Achilles. They need a quarterback of the future. It's probably in their best interest to explore the quarterbacks at the top of this draft who are absolutely incredible, like Jaden Daniels in that dome throwing to Jordan Addison. (laughs) Notice I left off Justin Jefferson. I don't know. When I hear Justin Jefferson going around press row saying, yeah, I want to break the bank. I want to be the number one paid receiver of all time. And that's like the opposite of what I want to hear. Remember, Tyreek Hill wanted all the money got shipped from Kansas City. You cannot, it just doesn't work where you pay the quarterback and the receiver. So, Rob, is there a scenario where they say, okay, Kirk, we're not going to bring you back one year, $40 million. We're just going to go draft a quarterback when you're not going to get top three unless you trade up, or we're going to trade Justin Jefferson to, say, Washington, and we're going to get the number two pick, and Washington slides down. Or we're going to try to do that with New England. Hey, you guys still have Mac Jones on the rookie deal. Do you want Justin Jefferson? There's a lot of options. The Minnesota Vikings right now are sitting pretty. There was a report, Rob, from Jeremy Fowler that they want a quarterback. And now on the heels of Justin Jefferson's chatter, you start to wonder, is this the kind of guy who could get moved because the Vikings don't want to pay him and they don't have a quarterback? I mean, it's definitely, you know, within the realm of possibility. And it's it sucks because Justin Jefferson – you know, if he's not the best wide receiver, you know, he's top three at worst, right? In his career, 392 catches, just under 5,900 receiving yards, 30 touchdowns in four seasons. And that's with him missing seven games last year with that hamstring issue. But again, if you are Minnesota, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place because 
I like Kirk Cousins. I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. You are like you're a Kirk Cousins guy. Coming off the Achilles, it had been reported, and we talked about this um, on a pod about a week ago, week and a half ago, that he's looking for like two years, ninety million guaranteed. Yeah. Now, that's not saying that he's not going to end up getting like a four-year 150 and they just backload however they got to do it. But the way it was reported was that at a minimum, he wants $90 million guaranteed in two seasons. <laughs> if you're Minnesota, do you really want to give that money to an aging quarterback coming off an Achilles, number one? And number two, do you want to give that kind of money to any quarterback knowing that Justin Jefferson is going to be looking at a gargantuan contract. I'm pulling up the highest paid receivers in football this this season, 2023. Did you? For, I mean, I, I forgot about this. Tyreek Hill, his average annual salary is thirty million dollars. So that's the starting point. Yeah. Can you justify in your right mind giving Kirk Cousins forty five and Justin Jefferson thirty three? I mean, that's a, so much of a chunk of the salary cap that it makes no sense. The problem is, would you rather keep Jefferson and get, I don't know, the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft and roll with that? I, I don't think Josh Dobbs is a starter. I can't imagine they'd go into next season with Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins as the starter. So you could pay Jefferson and just roll the dice with Bo Nix or Penix and hope that that pans out. Or you could trade Jefferson to a team in the top three. I don't think the Bears are are, are are in need of Justin Jefferson. They don't have a quarterback. I, sorry, Justin Fields. So it, it's kind of a dicey proposition. My gut tells me that there's been so much smoke about this. We even talked about this idea of a Herschel Walker type deal. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Mike Florio had said, could they trade Justin Jefferson uh, after the Kirk Cousins injury? I, I don't know. That was late September, early October. And we talked about like a Herschel Walker type haul now, I think teams are smarter and wouldn't do what the uh, Vikings gave the Cowboys back in the day for Herschel Walker. But Justin Jefferson surely could fetch multiple high-round picks. And the question is, Rob, is he a game-changer? Here's the big argument against Justin Jefferson. So the Kansas City Chiefs moved on from Tyreek Hill and— Wait a minute, let me check my notes here. Oh, they got to the Super Bowl two years in a row. <laughs> you know, I, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is not on the Vikings roster, but this I there's more than one way to skin a cat, and San Francisco's going the polar opposite. Seventh round pick doesn't matter who our quarterback is. We're gonna have a choice whether it's Jimmy G, Brock Purdy, or you go with hey, we're gonna find our quarterback, pay him, and then figure out the rest. The problem is, I, I just don't know. Do you think Michael Penix is a slam dunk fit in Minnesota? Do you think Bo Nix is JJ uh, McCarthy? I saw a report that. Um, the scouts, and I, I, I've liked J.J. McCarthy for a while, the scouts are enamored with J.J. McCarthy and see him like Joe Burrow-like. He's got the traits. He's got the frame. Um, very good athlete. Like, I, I don't know, Rob. This, this draft process is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and you know what's funny is even if you were to go down that rabbit hole and consider the idea of trading Justin Jefferson to move up in the draft, right? Because I think they're picking at number 11. Yes, number 11. So to your point, if they're staying at number 11, they're going to end up in that McCarthy, Penix, Knicks, you know, triumphant, however you, whoever you like is probably going to be the guy in that, in that area. But if you want to move up, you mentioned the Chicago Bears. I, you're right. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I am not giving up the number one pick for Justin Jefferson, no matter how good he is. The Washington Commanders, 
need a quarterback. So, no, I do not see them taking Justin Jefferson with no quarterback because then you're just the Vikings of, like, the southern version of it, right? Yeah. The Patriots don't have a quarterback. So there's three. Then you go to Arizona, and they could absolutely use Justin Jefferson at four. The problem is, why wouldn't you just stay at four and take Marvin Harrison? Exactly. You know, and and then you go down to number five. The Chargers, they have their quarterback. They got Harbaugh. But do you really think that uh, Jim Harbaugh in his first act of, you know, the head guy in Los Angeles there is going to mortgage his entire draft future for a receiver? I don't think so. So it wouldn't even be realistic to me to try to move up as good as Jefferson is that you can move up and get in a position to draft one of these quarterbacks because those three teams at the top need a quarterback even worse than you do. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And just for folks to remember this, uh, Brock Purdy is only in the second year of, I believe, a four-year contract. They don't even need to pay him. If Let's just say he wins the Super Bowl. They don't need to pay him. I, I can almost assure you they're not going to say, hey, here's $50 million a year, kid. They're not doing that. So this I, I, I'm, you know, into the super, super into the team building stuff, Rob, and I just I love the idea of trying to roll the dice and do it on the cheap at quarterback and try to build a 49ers like offense. And again, you look at Jordan Addison, Hawkinson, hell, KJ Osborne's not bad. You find I mean, you could find Puka Nakua in the fifth round. Why can't you find a receiver in this draft that can give you half of the production of Jordan Jefferson and then um you know, Jordan Addison maybe elevates a little bit and gives you a little more, and then you got Hawkinson. Like you could do, you could do it. I, I, I think Vikings are in an awesome position with a lot of flexibility. Best bets at the end of the pod for the Super Bowl. Last NFL bets, best of the season. But uh, first, Rob, we'll just do a little bit here on the NBA trade deadline, which entered, I guess, like two weeks ago with a lot of juice given the Lakers situation, and then it goes out with a bit of a whimper. There's a bunch of deals. The Lakers not involved in anything. Um, I didn't see any cryptic tweets from uh, LeBron or Instagram stories or anything or emojis, so that's good. Um, around the league, I'll say this. I loved, loved, loved the Knicks getting Bogdanovich. I thought that was maybe the best move. I I like the Bucks getting Patrick Beverly, although it does feel a little, a little panicky that they've now fired their coach and they've now uh, gotten another new guy to in, in, import into the— uh, into the rotation. And by the way, Patrick Beverly's not just in the rotation. He's going to be on the court at the end of games because they have no defense in the backcourt. But other than that, like uh, Gordon Hayward is okay. Now a veteran with some playoff experience, floor spacer, okay. Um, I don't know, Rob, what am I missing? I felt like uh, my big takeaway, macro big picture, is the Knicks right now, once they get healthy, are a strong contender to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's That would be my number one takeaway um, f- from the NBA trade deadline. I'll do you one better. Uh, after this trade deadline, I think the Knicks should be the favorites to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Whoa. If we don't, yeah, if we don't see Boston and New York, and, and what, however you want to, I don't know what seating the Knicks are ultimately going to end up in, but if we don't see those two as the final two in the East, I would be shocked because mm. this deadline felt to me like it was a tale of two coasts, right? The Lakers... I don't know. I don't fully agree with the decision to just kind of punt on the trade deadline and put all their eggs into the Donovan Mitchell basket in the offseason just because I think there's so many other teams like the Knicks who could offer much more than the Lakers can. So, like, that's just, to me, that's a, a kind of an issue. But what the Knicks did is they went all in. They got uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from uh, D- Detroit. 
Mm-hmm. And not only do they get better now with those two guys, because they add shooting to a team that has Jalen Brunson to create, but now you have the floor is going to be spaced even more. And then during the moments when Jalen Brunson is not on the court, Bogdanovich can actually do some things as a, as a bigger wing. You know, Julius Randle will come back, so they should be good on that front. So they're going to be better this season. But what they also did is they kept their flexibility for the summer because Bogdanovich is on an expiring deal next year. Um, Alec Burke, the same thing. So if they still wanted to go big game hunting for Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young or whoever, whatever star that Carl might Anthony be Towns. upset, Carl Anthony Towns, exactly, they can still aggregate the contracts with all of those draft picks in such a way where they can go all in again. Like they, they are operating at a Sam Presti esque level of, of yeah. you know, front officing. Like, shout yeah, out to the, the Knicks. Leon Rose, former CAA guy. So it said they're too deep is, I think, very, very good. Probably, you know, one to 10, they're among the best in the league when healthy, obviously. Right. Brunson, DiVincenzo, Hart, uh, you know, if you want to toss Burks in there, fine. OG, Bogdanovich, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not as high on their center position with Hartenstein and Achua. Um, but, you know, I, I like this Julius team. Julius like Randle, Mitchell Robinson Julius comes Randall, back. Richard. Like, they, forgot, they forgot. got well, guys. Well, Mitchell Robinson, we don't know. But they got guys. Uh, now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. So they go up against the Bucs. Let's, uh, uh, let's say they go against the Bucs in the semifinals. Um, give me the top three players in the series. Giannis, Brunson, Dame. Oh, Brunson over Dame. Yeah, this season, absolutely. Dame has looked like a shell of himself but, this season. But that's a problem. Dame is a two, and he's with a new team, new city, a lot of newness. It, the kinks may be worked out. I just, I wonder if Milwaukee gets the sense that Giannis isn't happy. I mean, Rob, you're you're second in the East. You fire your coach, Doc Rivers, shocker, off to a rough start. And now you decide, you know what? We just don't have enough defense in the backcourt. So now let's add Patrick Beverly. Um, I think they dumped Brooke Lopez's brother. Yes, they did. That's cold. Man. <laughs> that's, that's really cold. So, like, they're just they don't have the depth. And uh, and uh, again, in the playoffs, what what what's what did Pat Riley say? You you um you play seven but trust six, or you play eight but trust seven. Whatever the whatever the saying is, they don't really have eight guys. Middleton's injury history is is really ugly. Giannis can only carry so much of the burden. I think the Bucks are a little vulnerable. This will not be a good look for Dame if they lose early in the playoffs. The thing is, I I don't know who's beating him because the bottom of the East, well, not the bottom, but like, let's say six, seven, eight, nine, ten for the East. I don't think anybody, any of those teams, really scare you, and that includes Philadelphia, which continues to plummet after losing Embiid. Like the Pacers are interesting. I I, I guess you could say Miami, but that team just doesn't seem like they have it this year after the big run last year. Uh, Orlando doesn't scare anybody. The Bulls, come on, Hawks, who I like, are just. Uh, embarrassment. So, like, as long as the Bucks don't lose in the first round, it feels to me like Celtics, Knicks, Bucks, Cavs are the top four. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And and you know, don't dismiss the Pacers because the Pacers own the Bucks for whatever in the regular season. Like, they, I, oh, that's a good. They point. just are a, a matchup problem for them. I, I I can't figure out exactly why, but they are. Um, yeah, I, whoever is able to get because those four are clearly the four best teams. And as of this recording, they're all separated by, uh, well, two through four separated by one game. So, you know, it, it's yeah. very, very fluid on a day-to-day basis. By the time you listen to this podcast, it may have changed again. Um, so whichever of those three teams, New York, Milwaukee, and Cleveland, 
can avoid the four seed and thus avoid having to play Boston in the second round, you know, has to be doing backflips. Because, I again, and I, you know I'm picking, picking the Knicks here, but if Milwaukee ends up with the four seed, and I, even though I believe Boston is the best team, period, in the Eastern Conference, probably the best team in the league, quite frankly, yeah. Would you be super shocked though if Milwaukee against Boston again in the playoffs and Milwaukee is able to prevail? Yeah, as of right now, no, I don't see Milwaukee prevailing. But you know, injuries happen. Like, you know, we'll we'll see how the teams are health-wise when they battle. But yeah, no, I think the Celtics are the better team uh 1 through 7 and I I'm higher on Tatum than most um future Lakers yeah, Jason Tatum. It's, yeah, future. Uh, it's weird. We're not talking at all about the Sixers because of the Embiid injury. Now they did say all these Sixers fans, I guess, heard the pod. Um, they had no my history with Embiid, and I don't have like beef with the guy, but it's like he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. Jay, settle down. I'm like, what you, get, get, can you get a clue? <laughs> like, look at Embiid's history, man. They're not rushing this guy back. He's still in the prime of his career. Like, do, do, I do. I do not expect him back. Uh, I mean, we'll see what they say. Uh, it's still unclear if they did the, the what they did on the cleanup, right? Rob, have you seen 100% details? All I saw was surgery complete. They're going to reevaluate. Well, they didn't detail what happened, did they? They didn't even use the word surgery. Like they are going out of their way to avoid using the word surgery in all of their press releases and, and anything that they say. They say he had a procedure done and it was regarding his knee. They won't even say that it was a torn meniscus. They say he had a procedure to his meniscus, and he will be reevaluated. Yeah, we don't they know They are being so, in, yeah, so intentionally yeah. vague, and I just don't understand why. Hmm. I'm, what's the edge of, of being vague? Exactly. I don't understand. I, I don't get it. He's either out for the season, or maybe he comes back. <laughs> and it's it's like my this is I know you guys will laugh. My men's league team, you know, the MVP of the league is on our team, and then he he busts up his elbow trying to take a charge, you know, which is hilarious. He's just that good of a dude, six seven, like wing in college. Um, anyways, so he's like, I had this injury before it was twelve weeks, and we're like, oh damn, that sucks. You're out for the season. So we found like a, a, a more than suitable replacement who's a good who played with us before. But now it's like four weeks in and he's like, you know, I, I think I, maybe I should get a second opinion because there's no swelling. The range of motion's fine. And now we're, I, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Could you be back for the playoffs? You know, <laughs> uh, the second round of the semifinals, which I think we'll be in, uh, is there a chance you're back? That will be about the 12-week mark. You know, so, he, so we got him a second opinion. We got him a, a guy. He's talking to him. And like, I don't want to force anybody back, but like, he would love to play. Joel Embiid, you know, would love to play. Now, he's not going to be eligible for any awards, but he's got the hardware, right? He fought for the MVP last year and got it. All he needs is the playoff success. And I don't know, does Buddy Heald, Maxi, Tobias Harris, does that excite you? My, my read on Buddy Heald, Rob, is that Daryl Morey says, damn, well, if we aren't going to have Embiid, we just got to go down swinging. And our best way to go down swinging is threes with Maxi, Heald, Tobias Harris. They sacrifice defense with Patrick Beverly. For a guy who can jack threes. Now, I'm sure there's some salary cap machinations here at play. I haven't fully read. Um, he'll, I believe, is in the final year of a contract. But essentially, he's a hired gun who's just going to come in there and fire seven, eight, nine threes a game. Yeah, I was very underwhelmed by what the Sixers did. Because they had two options here. They could have won use these expiring contracts to make a big trade to get the third guy. Like you've been talking about Zach Levine. I know he's hurt, but to get the yeah. third guy on that team. 
or they get another expiring contract, kind of kick the can down the road and hope they can sign someone in free agency this offseason because they'll have tons of cap space. But as a Laker fan, I can tell you this, anyone listening to this podcast, if you're in Philadelphia or you're a fan of the Sixers, having two stars, which what they'll have, they'll have Embiid and Maxi, and tons of cap space doesn't guarantee you shit because what we've seen in today's NBA is Having two guys or three guys and mi- minimum level players is not enough anymore. Like you can't, there's too much talent in this league for you to just rely on those two, especially when a guy like Embiid who has a history of injuries. Like Phoenix, we were all high on coming into this season because of the Beal, Booker, KD uh, trio. And then you see them play together. And you're like, yeah, if one of those guys is out or if two of those guys are sitting, like their role players are really, really struggling out there. And you see them match up against a team like the Clippers, who are legitimately like seven, eight, nine guys deep. P.J. Tucker can't even get off the bench these days. P.J. Tucker would be a, like a starter in, in Phoenix right now. Like he'd be their starting power forward. Yeah, he does it, did, wasn't he asking out essentially yeah, he through won, the media? He, yeah, he yeah. Was, he's been requesting a trade and never got it, but he was requesting a trade for, for months. And if you're Philadelphia— you're hoarding this cap space for what? Like, you think you're going to get LeBron James? Because all the other guys that you would probably want to sign are going to stay. Like, Kawhi already re-upped. Uh, Paul George is likely to re-up. You don't want to bring James Harden back. It's it's like, who who is it that you're targeting with all this cap space? I, I, I didn't like what they did. I think that when you have a guy like Embiid, even though he's hurt right now, you you got to try to have your team ready to go when he comes back, assuming he comes back. We can wrap up with OKC, number one in the uh, West in point differential, uh, a whopping 20-6 and six at home. I think they had a comeback down 23 this week. Really impressive stuff. Yet, Sam Presti, who, by the way, deserves some props for building this back up pretty quickly, traded Harden back, way back when, which was foolish. Kevin Durant says, I'm out. They bring in Paul George. Like I gotta I, listen. I know I'm not the biggest fan of Presti, but I am impressed with how he continually keeps this team fighting. And I, I think you said they have like 30 second round draft picks here going forward. They have managed to be first in the West, uh, leading the West in scoring, leading the West in point differential, uh, number one in offense in, in the West. They are a bit of a juggernaut. However, you look Rob at the depth chart. Because, oh, they're going to the playoffs. Well, let's see here. Okay, um, Chet Holmgren has zero playoff experience. Um, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy. I think um, Dort in the bubble might have played in the playoff series. Uh, Josh Giddy's young. They have a very young team. SGA, of course, has played at high levels with the Olympics and Kentucky. I- I'll just point this out, Rob. If you look at their roster, the rotational guys, like Dort's 24, Giddy's 21, Shea's 25, Holmgren 21, you know? Uh, all their dudes are so young. Kaysan uh, Wallace, who looks really good, 20 years old. Uh, Jalen Williams, 22. Um, they don't really have any vets. I like the move of Gordon Hayward. I don't know if it's more for a locker room thing or is it like an actual on the court because he hasn't played in like over a month. I just I, I wonder how weird this is. Thirty five and sixteen atop the West, and you're bringing a new guy into the locker room. Like I'm sure there's already a hierarchy in the locker room of like it's SGA's team and Chet's got next, and 
Josh Giddey's pretty good, and Lou Dort's like an enforcer, and like the senior member of the team, and the Williams guys are good. I, I just I don't know how that works in the locker room. I, I don't know that it, you know Gordon Hayward's a pretty low low profile guy. He's bounced around the league. I, I just that that's got to be a little awkward, no? Uh, kind of. I mean, I guess the thing about Gordon Hayward is he seems to be one of the you know easier guys to get along with in the NBA. He's you know very low maintenance, even going back to you know Utah and Boston. Like, and everyone only had positive things to say about him, so that's good. Um, I think the, the biggest thing though is Sam Presti has all of these draft picks. He's hoarding them for something, you know. But the the, the problem though is is their team is very good right now, so. You don't want to upset the apple cart too much by making a huge trade for, you know, Ananobi got traded, Pascal Siakam, like one of those type of deals. If you don't know for sure how it's going to impact the rest of your 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 young guys coming up forward, and with Gordon Hayward, you get him on an expiring contract, so he gives you some help now because as they're a young team, they need some kind of veteran presence when they're in the playoffs. None of these guys have ever been there. So he helps you in that regard, but he also doesn't jeopardize your future plans if and when they decide to finally cash in those chips and get another guy. Because I'm, I'm assuming they're going to. I, I, as good as their big three is with Shea and Chet and um, and Williams, I, I think that they have enough where they can get another high-end, if it's not like a high-end role player or another star player to fit along those guys. Yeah, I forgot about Poku. Everybody loves him, and and <laughs> Jang, who who played for my Breakers. The other thing, Rob, like, okay, Gordon Hayward, veteran. I know he's been out for a while. He's thirty three years old. He, I love that guy in Utah, man. He was so good. And then he goes to Boston, gets hurt in his first game with the Celtics, and it, he's never really been the same. But like, you see a guy come into the locker room, Rob. It's not that different from like, you know, I'm I'm at FS1. If they all of a sudden hired some new guy, well, damn, is this guy going to eat into my minutes? You know, is this going to impact my playing time? And then, you know, I know you shouldn't think like that, but that's human nature. You know, they hire a, a, a new body to work on Odd Couple and Rob. You know, you're looking over your shoulder they're like, oh, what's what's going on here? And I, I just I don't know the dynamics of that locker room, but I know it's young and that that means a little probably more fragile. So some risk, but on the court, I think Hayward can certainly help them. Um Overall, though, uh, as a, I got to ask you as a Laker fan, Rob, uh, overall consensus on, on Lakers kind of doing nothing. I, I don't get it. I really don't. Because if you're not doing anything of this, this you're, you're punting, you're waiting for the next big star. Like I said, the Donovan Mitchell is, is the big name that everyone's been linking to. Uh, Bill Ryder reported on Wednesday that, that the Lakers believe they have a good chance of getting him in a trade if and when he asks out of Cleveland because you know he's not going to extend there. The problem, though, is Austin Reeves, Hachimura, three first and two pick swaps or whatever it is for Donovan Mitchell. Like I think that's a fair trade because he's a very good player. But the problem is the Knicks can top that. The Thunder can top that. There's, a, there's plenty of other teams that have more than what the Lakers can offer if they really wanted to get Donovan Mitchell. So unless he says, like, AD, I only want to play for the Lakers, like, what's to stop another team from just coming over the top and getting him? So then you wasted another LeBron James season, which I don't, I don't like that term anyways, but you wasted— Stop. What? Wait a minute. Why is it wasted? I, I, don't, okay, I don't like saying wasting because I, I, I think the Lakers have done more than enough to accommodate him during his five-plus years here. What I'm saying is you, you don't know how much longer he's going to be at the top of his game. 
or near That's the top fair. of his game. That's what I meant. Let me counter with this, though, Rob. If we are in agreement that Denver and Boston are the top two teams and you want to toss the Clippers in there, is that fair? Uh, yes. Okay, those three are the teams to beat. If everybody else is healthy, don't you think the Lakers are in that tier right below them? In that, like, how, how I mean, I know Minnesota, maybe statistically, and OKC statistically and records in the stands, they're ahead of the Lakers. But again, like, I don't, I, this idea that you're not wasting, but not maximizing a season of LeBron, well, fine. Then the counter to that is, okay, who's going to put us, what player could we have gotten that's going to put us in that Denver Boston Clippers category? And I think, I think we agree the answer is nobody. Like, DeJounta Murray, he ain't going to do it, is he? Yeah, I don't believe that. No, he's not. But, you know, there were other teams that made moves around the edges that the Lakers could have used, like uh, the Phoenix Suns. They get Royce O'Neal for, like, three second-round picks and, and contracts. Like, the Lakers could really use Royce O'Neal like, or a guy like that, a wing who can defend. And they chose to sit out. I know they're going to be active on the buyout market. You know, they've already been linked to Spencer Dinwiddie. But historically, guys on the buyout market don't necessarily – you know, help. So I, I just, I just didn't like that. The, again, you don't, it, the, when, when the ending falls off for NBA players, it usually happens quickly. And I'm not saying LeBron's going to fall off a cliff next season, but I'm not saying he's not going to fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? So <laughs> every, every year that he is playing at this level, you got to take advantage of it while you can. Yeah, I would say the smart move for the Lakers would be manage LeBron and AD the rest of the way. Get us uh, – is the six within reach? Uh, they are – oh, my gosh, they're only three and a half back of the six. Um, if they can get the six, amazing. If they can get the seven, you know, you're in the play-in, less amazing. But it seems like the Kings are really cratering. Nobody trusts the Pelicans. I think as long as they're in the playoffs, I think they're they're going to be okay. And – then, given LeBron had played you know, it's a 68 games and AD 67, both are healthy and rested as much as possible. I trust them in a one-game spot, a seven-game series, against basically anybody. I just don't think the Jokic matchup is great. And then I don't think they're a great matchup for the paperclips either. But against the Suns, I'm telling you, AD is a big problem for Phoenix. AD will be a problem for the Clippers. Um I'm excited. I, I I don't think the Lakers are out of it. We'll, we'll see. Um, all right, time to get to Super Bowl best bets. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All right, on to best bets here for the Super Bowl. And this is weird because I don't have as much on this Super Bowl as I had last year. I felt really good about the Eagles. Uh, I think if if memory serves, I had an A.J. Brown ticket and he had that awesome touchdown. I was like, oh, A.J. Brown could steal the MVP. And I think I did okay on last year's Super Bowl. Nothing earth-shattering, but unlike Rufus Peabody earlier this week, I will not have $2 million in play. Um, I'll go through some of the picks. You guys aren't going to like some of these. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, And I have 49ers money line first half minus 128. I like the Niners to win. I know. I'm the only guy. Everybody else has... Kansas City Chiefs, um, somebody sent me, uh, you guys, I don't know if you remember this dude, uh, He he's a guest, he has a, um, what's it called, a substack, his name is Ethan Strauss, he wrote about, uh, are, the, are the Chiefs really underdogs, and he referenced me saying, I'm the only guy with the Niners, and obviously there's a couple others, but I guess ESPN, there's like 64 people making picks, and I think like 49 or, or 50 are taking Kansas City, okay? And I know, I know, you can't bet against Mahomes, and who wants to go into the offseason going against Mahomes? Everybody went against him against the Ravens, which is dumb. I was included. I just think we're overreacting to a small sample size of three weeks where the Chiefs got hot, and now you have a break in the bye week, and things will slow down, and I think normalcy sets in. The 49ers will uh, find the level that they had before the playoffs. Remember when they had the bye week? And I, my gut tells me the the... Niners win something along the lines of 24-23, uh, 26-23 in that vicinity. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I think my my best play is betting the uh, a teaser. And I know teasing totals is dumb. And Jason, what are you doing? But the reason I'll tease the Chiefs up from two and a half to uh, a six-point teaser to eight and a half. And I look back, I think in the last three or four years, the Chiefs have lost three games by more than eight points. They they really don't, when healthy, they don't really get smoked. This team's just too good. Now you could say, listen, two years ago, they were a different team than they are now. That's 100% true. The offense isn't what it was, but at the same time, the defense is much better. This is the best defense they've had. So I tease the Chiefs up, and then I tease the total under 53 giving myself some wiggle room. So, for instance, we've seen a couple Super Bowls, like last year, Eagles-Chiefs. We saw 49ers and Chiefs a few years ago, 21 points in the fourth quarter. We've seen some late explosions in the fourth quarter as everybody's bottled up and tight early and then eruptions late. That gives you a little room, teasing it up to 53 and a half. So, for instance, um, you know, 
you're good, I, I think, if somebody gets to 30, you're in deep trouble. But really, who? nobody gets to 30 on the Chiefs. Nobody. Listen, the, uh, we know what's going to happen here, right? The 49ers know that the softness of the Chiefs' defense is the run game. You're not going to win if Brock Purdy's throwing 40 passes against McDuffie and Sneed. That's just not going to happen. It's not a recipe for success. But here's the problem. The Chiefs just faced three of the top 10 rushing offenses in the playoffs. Miami, prolific. Buffalo, really strong. Now Josh Allen aided. And then the Ravens, number one rushing attack in the league. And the Chiefs beat all of them. And I don't want to say handily because that Buffalo game was still touch and go in the fourth. But it's like, oh, well. So they're willing to concede the run. Remember, I had that stat. I don't remember who posted it. But I guess historically, it's been around 50-50. If you pass for more yards than you run, than your opponent, you win the game. This season, I forget who had the number. I've got to dig it up. But it was the team that passes for more yards than their opponent wins 67% of the games. It's become a passing league. And the Chiefs have seen that and said, you know what? Come on down, Raheem Mostert. Come on down, James Cook. You guys can run all over us. You know what it's hard to do when you're not throwing down the field and having explosive plays? Get separation, right? So you can't pull away from Kansas City. And sure, we'll concede a bunch of McCaffrey, four, five, six-yard plays. Go ahead, go ahead. We'll give them to you all the way down the field. And then you've just got to hope when it's a passing situation and you know Shanahan doesn't want to be in those. Baltimore was in all of them early on and it was like, oof, Lamar's got a third and nine, third and 13, like, oof, gross. And I mean, I, I mean, we, we all know like the 49ers for the majority of the season were the best team in the league and the Ravens then overtook them on Christmas. What concerns me with the Niners? And I have it here somewhere. So since Christmas, okay, the 49ers are 1-3 against the spread. That loss to the Ravens did a lot of damage to them mentally. It killed them. Uh, I mean, they, they just have not been the same team since that loss. And let's be real, some luck involved in the comebacks against the Packers and, and uh, Lions. This is not the same Niners team that was smashing Dallas and destroying the Eagles. And those are spots that we had circled, and you, we gave them out on the podcast. It, those were really good games. We knew the Niners were the best. Niners, this isn't the same team. They have not delivered in the playoffs. Now, conversely, on Christmas Day, if you guys remember, yes, I had the Chiefs in the contest. I had the Chiefs every which way. Betting, contest, it hurt. And they got smashed by the freaking Raiders. That was a game where the Raiders didn't throw a pass, I think, in the second half. Since that game, Chiefs 5-0 and against the spread. So everybody sold their Chiefs stock off that loss. Oh, my gosh, you lost to the Raiders at Dave O'Connell at home? Oh, my gosh, get out of town. Chiefs devalued in the market. Chiefs covering machines since. Now, they've really adapted. They've become a run-first team. So when you look at props, what where do you see some a, an edge where you can would take advantage of the Kansas City Chiefs becoming Patrick Mahomes, the game manager, Isaiah Pacheco running the football, and, and non-explosive plays? You could look at, oh, I don't know, unders on MVS. Um, I, I think there is an opportunity Yes, really, for Isaiah Pacheco to get like north of 18 carries. Like, I don't think they're totally against just running him into the middle line of scrimmage. That's what they've been doing, and it's been working. Now, here's the problem. With Armstead and Hargrave in the middle, this is a formidable run defense. So what have the Lions and Packers done? The zone runs, which are outside, and they've given the Niners fits. But if you look at Kansas City, as we talked about with Sandal, they don't totally do that. All of this, to me, lines up to, 
like Brock Purdy under 31 and a half pass attempts. Now it's minus 151, so you got to pay some juice. But again, do you see a scenario where Brock Purdy's throwing the ball 35 times with the Shanahan offense? I don't totally see it. Now at the same time, I'm eh, not totally hedging my bet, but I do have a Brock Purdy MVP plus 211. I thought it would go higher, but it, for some reason it hasn't. If he is able to outduel Mahomes, come on, are they really going to not give him the MVP? But at the same time, I did see that now fan voting is 20% of the vote. And if you like the Chiefs, I think you have to bet Kelsey to win the MVP. And again, all these people, all these Chiefs fans are angry at me because I said on the herd, like, I didn't think Travis Kelsey had a great season. Yes, he did. His numbers were good, but look what they were the year before. His touchdowns were in, I think it was like 16 last year, eight this year. Fewer yards, fewer receptions by a significant amount. More, Most drops of his career. Again, Mahomes did not have a great season. The worst of his career. Kelsey, not the worst season of his career, but a massive drop off from last year. So what happened? Well, Kelsey takes week, week 18 off, rejuvenated, and eats, totally eats against the Ravens. Now, will this week off rejuvenate him for the Super Bowl? After three straight weeks, old guy surgeries, or or will all this Taylor Swift, the questions every day, the Japan, the flight, you know, are they going to propose on the field? I, I have no idea. I'm just saying there is a lot of narrative stuff around Kelsey, and I I I don't I'm not I'm not on the Kelsey's going to have a big game train. Um, I did take a couple flyers on anytime touchdown. We talked about Kyle Uzcheck plus six seventy five. Um, I did take a flyer on George Karlaftis MVP. He remember he's not going up against Trent Williams. He will be going up against um, is it McKivitz? Um, I I forgot that. Let me. I gotta look the guy's name up. But the, their right tackle is. Not, I mean, the rest of their line compared to Trent Williams is just not very good. And Karlaftis has shown well in these playoffs. Two and a half sacks, uh, ten and a half on the season. Like he's he's good. And if there's a if there's a world where Spagnolo is dialing up crazy stuff and confusing the hell out of young Brock Purdy, who's nervous in his first Super Bowl spot, you start to wonder, well, if this is low scoring, 13, 10, 17, 14, is there a defensive player? And I just look at McKivitz, that's his name, uh, their right tackle. He is their second lowest graded offensive lineman. Uh, he's not having a good season. Maybe they help chip Karlaftis with, with Kittle, but... I do wonder if Karlaftis could get loose and give Purdy problems. Now, the other thing is Purdy scrambling, as we saw, is like a real thing. So I'm I, I'm a believer in Purdy, guys. I'm not saying he's a max player. I'm not saying give him $50 million, None of that stuff. I'm a believer in Purdy, the football player, that he can get this dub because he's – I know the turnover-worthy plays are there. And, Jay, Patrick Mahomes has no turnover-worthy plays in all three playoff games combined per pro football focus. I get it. I I, I see that. Mahomes has been incredible. I just I wonder if Purdy is is like going to play error free football as opposed to oh my gosh I'm playing from behind I've got to make plays and that's when he's throwing dumb stuff against the Packers and Lions in the first half as long as the Chiefs don't jump out to an early lead and that's why I asked Sando yesterday do you see the defense of the Niners making some tweaks. All they've got to do is stop that scripted drive. You ha- you cannot let the Chiefs go 7-0, 10-0, 10-3, whatever. You cannot let them jump out to that lead because then it becomes difficult with Spagnolo's defense. The second half, they're just choking teams out. It's really incredible. Um, I'll probably add a couple more prop bets. Let's see. What else, uh, what else have I hit? Um, 
Elijah Mitchell over one and a half carries. If you think Niners are going to win and McCaffrey has a big game and, and you know they're salting away the game in the fourth quarter and nursing a lead, and Mitchell's going to get a couple carries. I have Butker over one and a half field goals, longest field goal over 47 and a half. Um, I, I've got a, just so much stuff out there. I, I'll dig deeper and hopefully get you guys more stuff over the weekend. Remember what Rufus said. The bulk of the bets will be coming in on the weekend. Wait as long as you can if you want to take unders on McCaffrey, Kelsey, um, uh, the, the big names, Ayuk. I, just wait until the weekend, and I'll be doing that and hopefully posting them on IG stories. Everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl back Monday. Can't wait. Talk to you then. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts